Great. Okay. So thank you, everyone. Um, I'm Jacebella Smith. Thank you for joining our online photo book book group. Um, today, we have a really sweet experience that I just have to go back to say how and why I know Vivian, um, which really speaks to our international global community. I think it was five or six years ago. Do you remember which yeah. year? I think we, it was in 2014, I guess. All right, so six years mm -hmm. ago, yep. Um, we were both in Paris and there was the Lens Culture uh, Portfolio Reviews and mm -hmm. it was the Open Portfolio Walk and I was really taken with the work that Vivian was doing, plus she spoke English. And the work was <laughs> interestingly from Colorado, which didn't make sense initially, but then did. So we had a really lovely conversation, or I learned about your time in Colorado at that mm -hmm. point. And that started our relationship, which seven years later is, is here, which I think is one of the wonders of social media and this ability to be connected as we are. What was really funny, and if anyone's on my Facebook, I posted about it yesterday, is that Vivian and I went back to Paris photo um, and both ended up at the same event and kind of almost backed into each other. We were in an audience. And then Vivian comes over and not only do I get to see her and say hi, she gives me her book, which is, <laughs> that was incredible. Pulls out a gift from her backpack. So this is Flaming Grace, Vivian's first book, which we will, we will touch upon your other work, I think, towards the end. Um, mm -hmm. And you can tell us about this because this was self-published. Um, yeah. And basically, we're in an unscripted conversation on your creative process, your practice, and, and bookmaking. Um, I don't often go into a long um, bio because people can go and read about you. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so touched because we have this relationship that the full circle came here in Somerville uh, in my studio. It was really ironic, but Kristen Joy Emac, who may be on the call, who's here in Cambridge, knows Vivian and had her latest book and had two copies. And it was amazing, but Kristen thought of me. We had not met, though we'd circled. And she came to my studio at, this was the very beginning of when we reopened up and gave me to Hans, which was like, the circle was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe the, the connection. So thank you for making that uh, connection, Kristen. It's really, it's a joy for me that we keep our relationships going and that the community um, spans time and space in a way that's just very exciting. So today we're gonna talk about um, to Hans, which is, just an incredibly brave and beautiful piece. Um, one of the, um, the things that I would say if I were to talk about how you see Vivian is that you bring us on a journey of your own awarenesses and that mm -hmm. you use the camera to actually expand and understand your existence, honestly. Um, because when I look back at some of your other projects, you're dealing with what's in front of you and trying to understand it. And you use the medium of photography beautifully because it's bringing 
your awareness and then expanding it. It's like this synergistic uh, experience. So I, I know that this is a challenging subject. And when we talk about mm-hmm. creative practice, especially when I teach, I always talk about creating a safe space because anytime you're sharing your creativity, regardless of the medium, it's a vulnerability. Um, in this case, it's something I would call extreme vulnerability because mm-hmm. it is a personal journey and it was about your brother and your family and the road through addiction. Um, yep. And uh I want you to do more of the talking, but I will preface it because it's kind of an irony. Uh, The work that I do is on creative process and art related, but I came through other disciplines and they really add up to what I do today. And I have a master's in social work and I worked in the addiction field for 10 years through the crack epidemic in New York. Um, Simultaneously, I had a brother um, who was struggling and we ended up in the situation of a family intervention, um, which I spearheaded uh, as I had more ability to go through the denial uh, that is so prevalent. And I feel like when people talk about any kind of illness, whether it's mental illness or a physical illness or addiction, which is also an illness, um, an individual is not alone. It's the whole family and the whole system that get the illness. And um, we reinforce it in ways that make it more difficult for everybody, but Mm -hmm. we can unpack that. Um, I am going to scroll. If you want to begin by telling us, I know it took 15 years after you lost your brother to, Mm -hmm. to do this. So maybe you can tell us about that brave step and I will scroll through some pictures. So people see Mm -hmm. the book. Uh, So my brother died in Berlin and that was in the year 2005. Uh, I lived in Ireland in 2004. And actually I saw my brother for the last time in Ireland. And um, um, he died uh, alone in a hotel room uh, after cardiac arrest and we didn't tell the outside world that it was caused by um, using drugs. Um, so it's, it's, I didn't think it was lying. It's only that we never really shared the whole truth um, because his death was already painful enough. Um, and my brother at a young age, um, developed an addiction for gambling when he was uh, 15, 16 years old. The picture you see on the book um, is around that age. That's the image from our photo album I used um, where, well, that's, how do you say? It's the oldest, it's the oldest image I used from our archive because I went back um, to see what happened in our childhood and because that those were the years that we were together and lived underneath one roof together and um, um, 
I actually, when I came back from the US, I lived in the US for three years from 2010 until 2013. Um, I wasn't feeling well. I had problems adjusting uh, in the Netherlands again. And um, so I, I decided to, uh, uh, to find a counselor and uh, dive into my life. And uh, of course I needed to look at uh, my brother and all the problems around it as well. And that's how it all started. Uh, so after my three years US, I started to pick it up after so many years after his death. So that was uh, eight years, no, actually nine years later. And I think you need that time to get some distance from the topic because it's so close to who you are as a person. And, um, and I didn't really had a, a set up plan. I just dived into it, uh, mm -hmm. kind of felt like I just closed my eyes and jumped into it. Um, and I did a few things. I looked at her, uh, family albums I went back to Berlin or back was my actually was my first time to go to Berlin to see where it all happened I wanted to see the hotel room and the hotel and maybe the steps he took before his death um, so I walked from the hotel to Bahnhof am Zoo where he bought the drugs and actually Bahnhof am Zoo is a um, pretty well-known um, train station in the book of Christiana F. I don't know if anybody knows this book. Um, and it never changed. So it, it, it looks exactly the same as it was in, in the 70s. And um, so I went back all those steps to see uh, where we had his last meal. Um, the the Hotel owner was really nice. She kept a room available so I could visit the room. And, and it was weird when you walk into a very clean hotel room and uh, you need to take your time and sit down and trying to imagine what happened, uh, which bed did he lie on. And, um, and next to that, um, I, I created my own um, images and I think that's more to express my feelings and so it was quite a, um, a job for the designers and the editor to make one story out of that so um, where do you start you know sharing his life that's not possible sharing my life that's not possible so the book is actually more about the whole feeling uh, about, about trying to get my thoughts and emotions organized about what happened in my life, actually. Um, and it's the most personal and most scariest project I ever done. Not really mm. in making the work, but it's, it was about facing my worst fears. And when you make a project or a book 
personal as this, uh, I drag other people along with it. Uh, my mm-hmm. parents, his wife, his children. Um, so that was very difficult. And um, I decided not to ask for permission. Otherwise, the project uh, wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. The whole book mm-hmm. wouldn't be here if I mm-hmm. needed to ask for permission. So um, I I did it um, with the biggest fear, uh, but for a more universal uh, goal to open up the curtains, to talk about uh, difficult topics like this, like death and pain and uh, addiction um, and breaking the taboo. So that was the first goal to break the taboo. And um, if you want to break a taboo, you you can't ask for permission. You Mm. just need to do it with, of course, with a lot of uh, love and uh, understanding. Um, And I, on the other hand, uh, the book is one part of the project next to the uh, book. I talked to a lot of people who struggled with addictions as well uh, because I wanted to understand what happened and how does it feel. And um, some people are surprised that I never really talked to my brother about it. But if it's such a big taboo within the family, you don't just sit down with your brother and talk about it. You're so afraid that... uh, um, that you're asking the wrong questions or that you will get the answers you don't want to hear. So I decided not to talk to my parents uh, and not to my sister-in-law or to his friends, but I decided decided to talk to the people who struggle with addictions as well, because Mm -hmm. you can keep enough distance and I wanted to hear directly from people who experience the same um, path like my brother how it is how, how does it feel to be addicted what was the worst part of it uh, how was your relationship with your family uh, how do you think um, what do you think caused these problems and Um, So next to the book, there is an installation where uh, a curtain where uh, images are printed from the book. And inside these curtains, uh, there is a a video where you see the faces of the people who I talk to. And um, so I'm I'm opening up my curtains, but they do as well. And that took me a long time to find people who were willing to share their stories, but also willing to show their faces. And so it kind of felt like we went arm in arm to do something about um, the taboo of addiction. So it was not only my story, but it's also um, well with a universal goal in the hope that uh, people see the whole human being and not only uh, the dark uh, worst part of 
being addicted. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of, I, I remember there were a lot of bodies of work around addictions. Um, and you see, if you, if you Google addiction, probably the first images you see are needles in arms and empty bottles. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, my, my brother, when he was deep in his addiction, there was a horrible time for all of us. Um, but we know that part of addiction. Uh, but mm-hmm. when I think of my brother now, uh, I think of who he is, was as a human being. Uh, mm-hmm. that he loved Chinese food, that he was a proud father, um, that he loved nice clothings, uh, a horror movie and science fiction movies. And um, how we, he, he actually thought of my name. He, he, he told <sighs> my parents, let's call, uh, let's, when it's a girl, let's call her Vivian. So we can call mm. her Viv as well. Um, so those little things I think about when I think of my brother, not about yeah. his addiction. Yeah. yeah. And keep, keeping it quiet um, um, felt not good anymore. I wanted to open up. And I did that, of course, in the most extreme way. <laughs> well, when you pull back the curtain, the view is there. But yeah, yeah. so brave so so very brave and and i'm curious i'm uh i'm actually having a technical problem sharing my screen what do you see oh. so i can keep moving do you see the um coat and hat? I see the coats yes so I if i turn this off i bounce out of slideshow it seems so let me before we just jump uh, let's give it a second and see if that works but um i'm so curious uh, how I understand that you made the decision to pull back the curtain and then you were so Mm -hmm. thoughtful in the ways brave and thoughtful so as you said you can't ask permission um, and you had to find your way so you had to like if I were to look at it it feels like the love for Han's and your own growth and the time uh, all came together and that you went in such a thoughtful way uh, through a dark journey Mm -hmm. to really understand him, to empathize, um, which what you're doing is by making the book and especially the installation is you are providing that crack, that kind of pulling a little bit aside of the curtain for a lot of other people yeah so it's Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the synergistic between your own experience the experience that the people that you interviewed that are now part of your installation Mm -hmm. are having in terms of being seen and then what that does for other people who might not have um, really dealt with some curtains that are in their own experience. And I think what you're leading us to and part of today is to talk about how the book came to be. Like you went to um, metaphorically share what your journey was, not only to the hotel, which was an amazing aspect of it, but some other pieces. So when or how did you know that you needed to start where his life ended. 
Um, uh, I'm not sure if I understand this question. So can you repeat that question again? Sure. So where that the the decision to go to the hotel room mm-hmm. and be where Han's life ended. Yeah. And that you something said you needed to experience that or you wanted or yeah. had to capture like where in the process did that happen? Um well actually that was from the beginning that I knew uh if I wanted to dive into it I needed to go all the way um and when somebody um dies so I now understand the feeling so well when somebody dies in a place where you've never been uh you want to uh, see it and 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 feel it um uh so you can answer your own questions like oh where, where did his life end? And I, I remember he talked about, uh, my, my mother told me later that he talked about the hotel room that he thought it was such a fancy hotel room. And um, you keep imagining how it looks like and um, um, you want to step into his feelings. Of course, that's not possible, but you, you, you need to see it to... Um, um well you need to process it and does, does this make sense you need to mm-hmm. digest it uh, mm-hmm. to fear to step into your fears and I, I believe when you you face your uh, worst fears that's the only way not to be afraid anymore so that's mm-hmm. why I went to the hotel and um mm-hmm. So the, the, the image in the book where you see the bellboy. Yep. I'm going to, excuse yeah. me, but I'm going to, I wonder if I should stop my share and start it again. Anybody want to write in the chat what they think I could do? Cause it's not working. Let's see. Yeah. Um, try that. So stop the share. Okay. I think when you, if you reinitiate, that might make the difference. Okay, hang on. I'm coming back to my other screen. Um, I can show it as well in the book. I've got the book here. Yep, I do have the book. Okay, so we're back and I hope, uh, let's see if it moves or if it lets me move. And if not, I'll go. I also have your website up and um, the installation shots. So I just want to give people more of what we're seeing. It's not mm-hmm. letting me do that. So I'm going to stop that share um, again. And um, let's see what I can do. I wonder. Hmm. Um, If that is in, I'm not sure why it's, it was working and then stopped. Okay, so I think what I'm going to do is go over to um, another screen. Um, Let's see if I can take 
Oh, I wonder, sorry. There we go. I'm gonna go to the top and try one more time. Thanks for bearing with me. It's okay. Okay, so hang on. Like I told you, every time is a new adventure. Here's here's today's <laughs> one <laughs> sec. Um, okay, you oh, see, yeah, yeah. So we see this, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going back over, and I'm going to try to go to view to slideshow. And let's see if it slides. Yes, oh, there we go. There you go. Thank you. So I wanted <laughs> to um, to talk a little bit about um, how your so now you've given us the idea that the hotel room visit was actually a portal that that was a place to go to start this journey on some level for yourself? Um, well, I, I had the plan in the beginning to, um, well, maybe I should, I should explain another thing. So um, I started from the beginning that I want, I, I, I had the feeling I needed to do this somehow um also to set myself free does that mm -hmm. make sense yes um because i always was used to adapt to other people um do what was expected for me to do and um i never really understood why we couldn't talk about his addiction and mm -hmm. i realize nowadays that uh, it maybe depends on um, which role, uh, relationship role you are with the one who struggles with addiction. Yes. And yep. I was the sister and um, you're more on, on the side of what's all happening. Um, as parents, you're more dragged into, of course, as a sister, as as well but it's different you have more uh, you're more the, the 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 observer and the viewer of what's all happening mm -hmm. um and maybe that's also part of who i'm who i am as a person i i want to understand things mm -hmm. and um, um so from the beginning i knew i wanted to share my brother's story uh, which ended up in more sharing my story, um, but also to to fight for another uh, view upon the whole topic addiction because people, and of course that's changing slowly right now, but all the people were so, uh, um, looked so down on people who struggled with addiction, like, the loser underneath the bridge uh, who uh, can take care of himself. And my brother was, a, uh, he was well-educated and had a 
had his own clothing store and a family and um, he had times that he was happy as well and he had a life and um, and we only see the, the dark side of this topic and that was my main goal from the beginning actually I, I thought okay you know I'm gonna talk to all these people and then I'll set up a list and then people can uh, uh, check the boxes and see if they're vulnerable for uh, addiction or if they're in a, um, well if, if, if their children maybe maybe they should watch their children if they check all those boxes and but it's not that easy I, I, I learned as well that um, addiction is really really complex and my main question was uh, why did he get addicted and I didn't what what's the difference between us and mm -hmm. there isn't really a difference that's what I know now there isn't really a difference and uh, connecting with the people who struggled with addiction as well I actually uh, learned that uh, we had the same fears and uh, the same pain and the same wishes in life mm -hmm. and uh and i thought uh, we need to learn about that and not mm -hmm. look uh, in a stereotypical way uh, to this topic and um, that's why i was eager to make a different kind of body of work that shows a different side of uh, addiction so people who I don't know what the, the, the work is about when you uh, go through the pages. You don't really know it's about addiction as well. Mm -hmm. and, um, um, and that's what I really wanted to share, let, you know, that it's not, it's not all about um, uh, needles and, and uh, um, uh, empty bottles and mm -hmm. darkness and but it's also about life and which uh, uh, which path you choose to follow and um, I don't really that's that's I, I started this journey to hope to find some answers and I did find some mm -hmm. answers but uh, a lot of questions stayed unanswered Yes. And that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I think it I had peace with that. Yes. I mean, I, I'm going to have to stop to share again because I'll just, uh, sorry to segue to this, but when someone comes in the meeting and I admit them, it stops my ability to make the slideshow. Okay. And I'd like you to see it again. So I'm going to stop the share um, and see if I can navigate us. Um, and hope it might start again. Um, what's so interesting is I feel like you are trying to give um, the humanity back uh, to your brother. Um, mm -hmm. And in so doing, you learn so much about the, um, 
very layered matrix that is addiction. Um, mm -hmm. When I was working in the field, I used to call it uh, the equal opportunity illness. Um, it knows no bounds. Um, I think it's very interesting um, to look at how, um, in a word, uh, and it's uh, the, um, I feel like the essay in your book by uh, Ralph Morin really, mm -hmm. uh, really speaks to this, which is the idea that um, you don't set out to have this situation and you don't know where it's like an invisible line, you know, people mm -hmm. oh, use yeah, substances definitely. and mm -hmm. there's not addiction. So where is that? Um, mm -hmm. But I loved how he framed this and this idea, which is so true, is that you on some level are medicating some feelings, feelings that might not have a place or you don't know where to put them. And it could be any mm -hmm. number of feelings. Um, but what I would say is like you're medicating a feeling. And then because of addiction, it's like you start to have a relationship instead of with the people and in your life, all the other aspects, you start to have your relationship with the substance. And then mm -hmm. that becomes center. But what happens is all the people in your life also you have your hand around the substance as the person challenged with it and everyone else has their arms around you and the substance. And it's very, very hard to get through all of those layers. So you have given us a beautiful uh, honor to your brother, um, a uh, taking the, um, making us look at the otherness of addiction. It's, 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 it's like, no, it's not other, it's us. Mm -hmm. There isn't that kind of thing. Um, and I, uh, when I was getting ready and looking at things, I came across a quote that's Ida B. Wells, who said, the right to wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. And I feel like that's what you, what you did with this, with this book. And it's mm -hmm. not only your own truth, it's Hans's truth, and it's all of ours. Uh, you yeah. know, we all play a part in that. Um, and I loved what you said here. And maybe we can talk a little bit about your work and I'll struggle to get more work up. Um, <laughs> but you, you <laughs> one of your one of the things you wrote was in my work, I like to leave space for the viewer for his mm -hmm. or her own interpretation. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see, said Henry mm -hmm. David Thoreau. We see with our mind heart and values, not only when you look at images, but also at life. With which filters do you look at things? And that is so important in the sense that my work is being a collaborator in people's creative process. And this is the creative process. And it begins with what, what, where, where is your mind? What's in your heart? What are your values? And how does that impact what you see? because mm -hmm. it does. And we don't always know what we're seeing. Like one of the things that you have done with this is played with perspective. Like one of the things that happens in addiction, right? Is the, our, we lose our perspective. Um, mm -hmm. And the idea that you are, you are helping us see more by changing our perspective. Um, I thought of that and I'll go to the image with the, um, where the horse is. But I guess what I wanted to ask is to talk some more about your creative practice in a way like this. Like how did you, how, 
how is this filter of yours something you're so aware of? How did you become aware that that's your motivation or your inspiration? Mm, that's hard to explain. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, million dollar it's, question. It's, <laughs> um, the images are so. Um, you try to express a feeling, and that's that's. Uh, I thought that was the 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 scariest part of it that I made this. Uh, body of work and then you take it outside um, in the hope that people get the same feeling you had uh, making the work um, and that's uh, sometimes it's it's um, you you can't get it in a picture um what you're experiencing so you need to get an image that expresses your feeling and uh the horse the horse and and the back with the uh, rose thorns are mm -hmm. so i see the the horse as the beginning of my uh journey um i made this uh picture which was a coincidence in the summer in france in the um, uh, close to the uh, uh, Normandy coast, and um, I realized that summer uh, something was happening to me, and I couldn't uh, figure out what it was. And after the summer, I went uh, on the search for a counselor to help me. Um, so the horse kind of expresses. Uh, the way I feel um, uh, a little bit of loneliness uh, but also I was also very tired and confused um, so it's more that I see this horse and I have these feelings um, that that come uh, uh, on the surface uh, that I, I try to bring to the outside world. Um, and sometimes when uh, uh, a topic is so complex, it's better to, to express um, your thoughts in, in met metaphorical images, yeah. um, like the horse and the, the one with the rose thorns. Um, when I was a, a child, I always had these nightmares and I always ended between my shoulder blades and I, I played with rose thorns on, on the nose. Maybe people recognize that. And at the end of this journey, uh, I knew when I would bring this body of work outside that I would grow as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. And um, those... So uh, the whole body of work uh, developed these rose thorns on my back to uh, protect myself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I'm mm -hmm. not sure if I say this right in English. Mm -hmm. um, so the horse and, and um, the back with the rose thorns is kind of the beginning and the end of my whole journey. Interesting. And, uh, 
I, I'm not sure if, if I'm answering your question, like how I discovered that this was my language. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's um, well, I think it's a process that you're not really aware of. You just try and see if it works. And that's the scariest part of making uh, a book. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's Flaming Grace or Two Hands yeah. was, of course, way more scarier to see if my language uh, is also your language. And mm -hmm. so it's good to hear that some people recognize it and uh, get the feeling that I try to put in there. Some people, when you're not, um, were raised with the culture of images and how you, this symbolic of images, then it's probably hard. So I made this letter that I send out with the book so people can read it and they have more guidance to look at the pictures mm -hmm. but i like to leave it also a little bit open for the people so they can um, connect their own values and yeah can does you that make talk sense? it does make sense and actually okay. that's everything that i do in my work is actually trying to converge those connections because you were making a connection between um, your own explore, uh, uh, something painful in this situation, but really mm -hmm. in other ways, since I've seen other parts of your work, that the explore is active. And I talk often in concept aware of being in conversation with your work and that mm -hmm. the process, if you are attentive to the process, that connection, which I often talk about punctum, comes through and is in your product or in your image. And then when you're talking about this concept that you wanted to portray both the humanity of someone uh, as well as a, a, a challenge and a challenge that we're all a part of, you mm -hmm. made a lot of creative decisions to layer metaphorically mm -hmm. this concept in your book. So I'd love for you to talk about that. You said you worked with eight people um, mm -hmm. about the team and how you make these decisions that some of the very, um, the inability to see or open the page really speaks to the struggle of everybody, right? The, uh, the mm -hmm. person who's struggling with a substance that kind of can't get out, kind of caught, like those pages are caught. Um, mm -hmm. And then us who are on the outside kind of, I mean, who hasn't held up your book and tried to see what the image is in, in the page that you can't yeah, open yeah, yeah. and that you're like, well, wait, if I turn it this way. And I mean, you metaphorically are putting us through a process. So mm -hmm. could you talk about how you and the creative team layered your concept? Because that's yeah. key. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's the most interesting part of making a book to say, hey, I made these images. This is my story. Um, and I wasn't really planning to make a book. I just wanted to share my story. And I started with uh, Ellen Sander. She's, an, uh, she's a great editor. Mm -hmm. And we looked at the work. And um, actually, I came with her and I said, uh, uh, I want to share the story of my brother. And she looked at my images and we talked a lot. And she said, well, actually, you're more sharing 
your uh, story as uh, the little sister and how you mm-hmm. experienced everything and how things influenced uh, your uh, life and who you've become now. And so making the book is a, a, a process, is another process that comes after making the work. And um, I had this a pile of images, uh, the video, and um, and these plans that I would the, the the goals that I had for this project, and um, then um, so Alan was the first. Then I talked to a lot of designers to see how they reacted to my work and. That was also, everything was based on feeling. So I, I decided to go for uh, uh, agency uh, put coating because mm-hmm. I really felt um, what I was doing mm-hmm. and what I wanted to do. And they came up with the um, Japanese foldings mm-hmm. and uh, they felt how hard it was for me to open up to break this taboo so the whole breaking up this taboo um, they put it so well done in the book so they did the Japanese folding and that kind of felt like the curtain that you're open up, opening up the curtain and they left uh, a room to digest the whole um uh, journey so that's mm-hmm. how you you start the book with you you see who my brother was and then they leave some space where you where the the images inside uh, the dark images they shine through the thin pages and uh, that's kind of the the story that slowly reveals uh, when you go further into the book and um, that's symbolic for the struggle I had and they uh, observed that as well when we were making the book uh, what I was facing with the people around me and some people were uh, very proud but it was also pretty hard to share this project and so and they put that um, struggle into the book as well so that's why they chose for the Japanese foldings and it was like a puzzle um, getting my thoughts together, um, um, finding um, uh, the guts to get it out, and um, and at first that was interesting. Was at first they said maybe you should only share the images uh, because they are so strong. Maybe you, sh- you should only share the images, and um, I thought about that, but then I thought, okay, but I. And I don't want to share the book only with the people who know how to read images. I also want to share uh, this uh, book with the people uh, who maybe have uh, a brother, sister, son, father or mother who experienced the same uh, journey uh, and can read about uh, Ralph Moran's journey and mm-hmm. his uh, uh, his addiction, how he ex- and I think he did that in a really lovely way. And uh, in the end of the book, um, 
well, that's why we, we decided to uh, leave the pages open. He, he kind of um, gives us answers to the questions uh, mm-hmm. we want to know. And um, I want to give a voice to the people who struggled with it and um, stay in the shadow because they're afraid of our opinion. And um, um, actually Ralph Moran uh, came uh, on my path uh, by coincidence because I was crowdfunding and I was still thinking about the text. Should I write the text or should I invite somebody? And he uh, supported me and I uh, um, he left a note like uh, I know what she's talking about and I looked him up and uh, his father was my uh, biology teacher when I was a kid wow. and uh, I was in a classroom with his sister and um, um, so uh, his sister and I were kind of in the same position and uh, so I bought his book. He, he wrote a, a novel about his addiction. And mm-hmm. uh, I was so intrigued by it because it was like I could actually see in mm-hmm. his head, like uh, see the addiction and what was happening around him through his eyes. And so I knew, okay, he needs to write this piece for my book. And um, I May shared I- my, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. I, what does he do as a, I mean, he's this is a, an, he, he's a, a, a teacher. Um, so he's a Dutch, uh, he, he learns, uh, he's in school, he, he teaches uh, Dutch uh, literature. And, okay, I, I was uh, and he's a writer. To, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, all of a sudden, when you say that backstory, and that it's so interesting, um, the connection and how you made it. Yeah. But, this is exceptional what he did. I, I actually had yeah. to read several times because mm-hmm. initially I thought, um, are the, because I love true, another creative decision that you did was, um, first of all, you did put them at the back of the book, which is what, um, which, what you discussed. And they're the first double pages that actually um, open up like this, yep. but they're in different size fonts are ever so slightly mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. different so initially I was like is this like other people responding to like I uh-huh. thought it could have been different people struggling with addiction talking about their addiction so then I got with the program and realized no it's not and I read through several times and I want to share for people who don't have the book which I highly recommend owning is um the piece is called looking into the sun and what he metaphorically talks about and all of these excerpts, there's three pages. And that's why it now makes sense that he is in literature and a writer, because this is such a beautiful mm-hmm. um, way to use text. And it's, it's, it's very much uh, exactly like your book, frankly, because it mm-hmm. talks about his journey too, when it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good. I've got this. Like, you know, this is working to when it isn't. But he says it very, um, uh, it's lyrical and and very, very heartfelt. I wanted to give a couple of quotes. But what I wanted to share was the overall metaphor of this idea of looking into the sun. And he said something around like, I don't, you know, 
I don't know why I got addicted either. And, uh, you know, people will say, oh, uh, you know, people that do are so sensitive or whatever. And he said, maybe we're just looking for some sunglasses. We don't find the dimmer switch. And it was just a wonderful metaphor um, about what he was going through. And the couple of quotes that I pulled out because I just, I was very, very moved by what he said. This talked to both of you, but he said, anything complicated requires compassion and courage and tact and nuance. And I feel like you brought all of those, both of you, you in your image story and he in his writing. And then also along those lines, really feeling your feelings requires great courage and an open mind. Um, I also think about how collectively, uh, it is helpful to have the support to feel um, your feelings. Um, and so I was thinking about, did, did he and you talk about the process or did he just write? Like it's an amazing parallel. So what mm -hmm. was it like? Did you talk about what you were looking yeah, for? Or? I, I, I met him. Um... And uh, it was, I shared my story and my journey and I told him, um, well, I think you're the person. So the whole project is, uh, I don't know what's the English word for this, but everything came together by coincidence or not. I think the word you know, like I think of is serendipity on some level and more than coincidence yeah exactly yeah and so I kind of knew he needed to write this uh, essay because he's from the south of the Netherlands as well I know his father I know his sister and um, I shared my part and I told him I want you to write uh, uh, like you did your novel um, and, and that's called tonic it's, it's yeah and it's okay to write uh, a piece that people need to read again and again to understand so a little uh, a poetic feeling to it or uh, literature or how do you want to call it is fine because uh, mm -hmm. i want people to get the book again and again to think about it so it's not it, it mustn't be a book um, that you read once um, exactly but I, it, it, it's food for thought and mm -hmm. I want to share I would like you to share uh, your thoughts about that this but also about um, um, uh, how people think about this topic and uh, um, um, he um, he, I think he did a great job in mixing his story, my story, and my brother's story. So yep. the pieces he brought in from Berlin, uh, my questions, my wishes, it's, it's all came together perfectly in this essay. Yes. It's a and, beautiful uh, um, back and forth. It's, and yeah. you do go both back into your images as well as his um, pieces. Um, and I wanted to just spend a couple minutes on images and, and, and 
I wanted to leave time for people to ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, what I thought of when um, you are trying to change our perspective that you did this vertical image as a horizontal, um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that was a, you know, a, a conversation. Well, or... that was funny because the, the designers were very nervous about this that when they were <laughs> presenting this to me. I remember that they, they lay out the, 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 the images and they said, well, we had this in mind and they all looked. The, so the, the designers put Goting are two people. It's Gene Putz and Brigitte Goting. They're a couple. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ellen Sanders, uh, the editor, uh, she walked through the process as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, they all three looked at me like, oh my God, sh what is she going to say? Like, what did she do with my images? And I, I thought it was wonderful because mm -hmm. it, it's... Um, because you need to work with your head like you know the the, verb, the book is a, is an object as well and mm -hmm. i kind of liked it that it that you need to um um swing the book around and move. Uh, i it move around yeah and and even i thought the 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 because they use the iconic images um in a horizontal way uh, so they're even more powerful they became more even more powerful the way they did it yeah you know it's interesting it, when when you look at the process you um you took this powerful image and then it feels like everything has been echoed the writing uh also makes you look differently but each person like the writer was was taking a concept and being very expansive in it. And then you give it to the book designers who are mm -hmm. also responding to it. So each of you, it just builds in terms of the yes, layering. Yeah. Um, and I love that each person in the creative collaborative brought their specialty and just pushed if, if, everything. If, even translating uh, uh, the text. Ah, to so, English. Didn't yes. That. Yes. You're yeah. so bilingual. I forget. Not your second language. Yeah. Wow. So uh, wow. two lovely ladies, uh, also through crowdfunding, and she sent me an email like, "Oh, what a, a beautiful project!" And uh, if you ever need a translator for your uh, uh, your text, and uh, I called her and uh, we connected, and um, she had a personal experience as well and so it is all even the translation of the text is made with so much love yeah mm -hmm. they they um that's what i love about the bookmaking when you work with passionate people mm -hmm. and um, uh, even translating the text was made with a lot of passion yeah 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 well i love the layered creativity and it's it is it is a it's like a gift actually um and it took such it, it took a lot for each person in the process especially mm -hmm. for you and especially for um uh is it ralph um it, it's but it shows it's like you are you everybody was passionate and, and both you and Ralph did a lot to um, move beyond uh, taboo, beyond uh, 
secrets um, and you you have something to say. And then I love that you echoed it in the installation and gave mm-hmm. other people their voice as well. Um, it's just beautiful. I wonder if I can't um, read the chat easily. So Deb, I'm gonna ask if, if there are any questions in the chat or if you could help us steer some people uh, who would like to ask Vivian specific questions. Yes, we do have a number of great questions. Okay, um, great. <laughs> and anyone who would like to unmute themselves to ask, um, feel free to do that. Or I can, uh, I think the first person oh. was Nate, who had great. Hi, hi. Uh, I really uh, uh, like the courage of your work um, and the Thank honesty you. in it. And I'm a photographer also, and I so I had some kind of t- more technical process questions, if you don't mind answering. I know some photographers sure. are, are kind of sensitive to reveal their uh, te- technical secrets. But anyway, I was wondering, did, did, did you find digital or film uh, better for this particular uh, project? Or did you use a tripod or did you do it all handheld? And then did you use any artificial lighting, like strobe lighting, or did you just do all natural lighting? Thank you. Um, well, the funny part of uh, this whole um, body of work that it's it's a big, big mix of all kinds of techniques. I used film, I used iPhone, I used uh, a Canon 5D, uh, the scanner, of course, to, to scan my uh, family images. Uh, I used video. Um, actually, I did it all uh, only to uh, share uh, my story. So not really, I didn't make a decision to use one type of camera or um, no. And, and I'm sure other people wondered. <laughs> so thank you for asking, Nate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And probably you can see it with some images that they are digital or analog. Yeah, you just still use whatever, whatever was available for whatever yes. whatever was yes. was available to, in order to tell the story. You weren't locked into yes. a specific yeah. format. Okay, great, thank you. Yeah, I think we had a question from Nancy. Oh, good morning or good afternoon. Hello. I, this is wonderful. What a beautiful project and the hearing about the, the book process is amazing. I am really interested in seeing pictures of the installation that you were talking about. Are there any? Yes, I can get those. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Well, the installation, the installation is not really exhibited yet because COVID came along and, uh, uh, the plan was to travel around with the installation together with uh, a, a, a program around it. I work with a, a, a detox clinic in uh, the middle of the Netherlands. And um, we tried, uh, we had a wonderful uh, Sunday in February where uh, Ralph Moran. Uh, uh, shared his story he uh, read from his book and from my book um, 
we had a band uh, set up with people who suffered from addiction as well, who made wonderful music. Uh, the director from the uh, clinic um, of the rehab center, I think that's a better word, the rehab center. He did a, a speech and uh, it all came together like that. And that was wonderful. And that was the plan to um, get the installation out um, and uh, try to um, spread uh, um, the message. And um, hopefully when COVID has settled down again, we can uh, take up that journey again. And I did also, um, I shared my story with uh, doctors. So, so there is a lot of interest from uh, healthcare, um, um, museum. So it's very different. The people who are interested in this uh, project is very different. So from uh, the healthcare um, sure. uh, and from also from the art side. So you have the healthcare on the on one side and the art side on uh, Never mind. Yeah. You know, I can share the screen um, uh, and go to some of the installation shots that you that you sent mm -hmm. me. So I'll do that in a minute. Um, Deb, are there other questions? Yes, we had a question from Claudia. Mm -hmm. Claudia, if you're not ready. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. Um, thank you, Vivian, for sharing your story. Uh, it was you. very, very, very moving for me. Um, I think when I made a question, you sort of already answered it before, but my question was if this project was cathartic for you. And mm -hmm. um, you mentioned once that it was important for you to fear uh, to, to, sorry, to face your, your, your worst fear. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, and that, uh, I love that you start with a white horse and you end up with the thorns and that's your process. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of answered the question for me, but if you want to, you oh. know, <laughs> go further, but um, yeah, thank you so much. It was really moving. Uh, you're more welcome. Thank you. Well, and may, maybe uh, that's something to add that uh, my parents were really, really afraid of me sharing this story. And um, now I did. Um, um, they are so relieved. You kind of mm. hoped. Um, well, I didn't even hope anymore that they got this relief. Um, and that was the hardest part of it because I, I was disloyal to my parents because they didn't want me to share it. And um, in the end, they kind of felt that I was really, um, that I was going to do this and they got along with it. And um, they were Hello? at the presentation and um, uh, they were really moved and relieved so nowadays when friends come wow. over who never knew about this story they share my book with their friends and mm. talk about Hans and so they made a really big 
transformation as yes. well. And uh, well, that's that was a big gift. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you gave uh, language to something that people uh, really struggle to articulate. Um, I I know in my brother's my personal situation where I was the um, person who had the background in addiction and I confronted my brother um, and that didn't go well. And then I said to other family members, I'd like you to think about this. And I, um, my father's comment, my brother lives in uh, upstate New York and he said, it's cabin fever, (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) was not true. Um, But fascinating the process as we went through it um, and uh, denial is very challenging and there's many reasons familial ones uh, societal ones cultural ones um, and it's almost like a taboo on top of a t- taboo because you've got addiction which isn't readily mm-hmm. easily spoken about and then speaking about family secrets is a taboo um, I wanted to put as a, a link and we, we always summarize these and a lot of resources come out um, like Rolf's book, Tonic, and we'll list those and have those in our summary. Um, but I was thinking of the um, uh, photographer Paluma Basu, who is Nepalese, and she literally, uh, her whole project was about uh, um, a ritualized exile uh, that separates women when they are bleeding and uh, her whole body of work is called Blood Speaks. And that was a taboo to address that subject. And Mm. there was great amount of courage going into doing that. Um, And ultimately uh, there were laws changed as a result of that project. So Mm. I'm such an advocate for visual narrative because of its ability to change people's perspective um, Mm -hmm. and their awareness. Um, So uh, I think about that with mental health. Um, I don't uh, have off the top of my mind another another image-based story on mental health, but we have this layered business of um, something already painful enough. And then we just layer it with, let's not talk about it, which makes it even more isolating. And there's this level of uh, disgrace. And Mm -hmm. that's so, so tragic because it's a human story um, and it's all of our story. Um, so I, uh, I want to know if there's other questions and I'm going to try to make another technological jump and get one screen talking to another. So if I bring this over, I can see it, but you can't see that. Can you, is that coming in front? Do you see anything in front of the cover of Tahans or no? No. Okay. So I'm going to stop sharing and share another screen, but Deb, it, I, both if you see any other questions in the chat and also if people want to unmute that haven't written in the chat, but want to ask a question, please do. Leslie, I know Leslie had a question. Okay. I think Leslie had asked about crowdfunding. Oh, yeah. Okay, do you want to, um, Vivian, tell us about that, how you use crowdfunding in your, here we go. 
how I used crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's a, a, a Dutch crowdfund uh, platform. Um, and um, I crowdfunded for, I think, 10,000 euros. And so part of the book uh, was financed that way. And uh, the other part was financed by funds um, and sponsors from, so the, the uh, rehab clinic that I work with, they have um, breaking the taboo and, and, and stigmas um, uh, on their agenda. And so they were happy to be a sponsor. And so they got 50 books and um, they will get the installation to travel around for two mm. weeks in um, the Netherlands. Mm. That's, I Does think, that... ab- about all the layers that you've affected through that. Yeah. Right? The people that get invested in your project, the collaborations with things like the rehab clinic, and then you're giving this gift back to them and think of how many people and layers of families mm-hmm. are going to be affected by that. Amazing. I don't know if that was the answer to uh, the question about crowdfunding. Oh yeah, now I can see the- The installation. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, this was set up in the uh, factory where it was made. So you see it's round and it's fabric. And then in the middle, there will be a, a big screen where you see the people, uh, the faces of the people who I talk to. Yeah. Mm. Vivian, I, ha- I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. First of all, hi, hi Vivian. <laughs> hi, Kristen. Happy belated birthday. Yes. Thank <laughs> Just you. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to share something and I wanted to, um, I think maybe ask something, but I just wanted to say that when I received your book um, and maybe you, you, maybe I did share this with you, but when I received your book, um, it was dead in the middle of the shutdown and pandemic. And I had one of my best friend's daughters with me um, quarantining with me for about a month. And that's because her family, her mother and father are struggling with addiction. So I often have her for, very long amounts of time and we Mm -hmm. looked through your book together and just cried um Um, and I and I'm not even sure she realized um right away that the book was about addiction but mm. um watching her struggle with the pages and try to figure out why you could see through something see something but not quite see it were you know the, the emotion of your decisions in your book touched us both at that time Oh. I just wanted to share that, that it reaches oh, people. That's good to hear. And then, um, and I do believe I probably shared this with you, but I um, also lost my other best friend through a car accident, but um, she was uh, struggling with addiction. And um, I did try to have my own cathartic response to losing her by documenting the loss um, mm-hmm. for the first year. Um, but I never mentioned the addiction and I just, I just wanted to share that because when you said, uh, that you couldn't do this project without dragging someone along, um, I feel, I feel that because I, I wanted to talk about the loss. I 
I was cognizant that other people would be paying attention to this work, even if it's just family that I was sharing it with her family. But I felt like I, I still felt like I couldn't be transparent and open about the addiction piece. And that's just that, that um, like false loyalty to the addiction is so prevalent with people who love someone who has an addiction. Mm-hmm. So I thought you said okay. that super well. And, and you know that I just love this book to pieces. It's one of the most beautiful oh. books I've ever seen. So oh, thank that's you. that's so sweet. Thank you. I guess I have a question too, if this is an okay time. Mm-hmm. Hi, Vivian. Hi. Um, hi. So I have a few questions, but I wanted to just preface it by echoing something that, that Kristen just said, and that is that because we're going through this whole pandemic, it highlights a certain aspect of mental problems for certain people like depression and Mm -hmm. and various things. And so for me, the book is very meaningful. A friend of mine committed suicide at the beginning of this. And so, and I do see a correlation in, in all of these different things, this connection that um, people have to, their difficulties, their inability to to uh, overcome them sometimes, and then the people around them that are affected by that. Um, but getting to it, like, and so I just wanted to thank you because I I think that the tenderness that you bring to the project is something that um, will make it very. Uh, it, it's understandable that a lot of people would relate to this. Um, the other question I wanted to ask, which is a little bit more, more thing that I wanted to say that's a little more technical in nature is I wondered, I think sometimes that there are projects or ideas that photographers and artists have that are sort of stillborn because they take a lot of time, whether it's mm-hmm. the money part of it, or like you said, not asking for permission, but yet still working on the project. So my question is, in a more literal way, how much time did it take, for example, for you to, to decide that you would do this project and then to, um, to bring it together, to do the crowdfunding, to find the designer, to then for the printing. You know, I'm curious about what, how long the entire process took, but then also a little bit of a breakdown regarding each of the, the steps toward making it a, a reality. Mm. It, it, all together, it took me six years. Um, and making a book always takes more time than you think uh, when you start making a book so I think uh, making the work um, I would say four years but that was mainly not not making it but mainly also um, um well, facing my fears to get it out, to decide, okay, I'm going to do this because I thought many times not to share it and uh, thinking again, oh, who am I? And um, is it wise to share it? And during this journey, I knew, okay, not sharing it uh, because a few people will dislike it. Um, um it's not good. So I decided 
um, okay, I need to do this, especially for, for also for the people who worked with me on the installation because they were so uh, eager to get it out and they were, they, they want this different view upon the whole topic. And uh, so the four years were mainly the struggle with myself uh, to get the work out. And then the last, well, I would say one and a half until two years to get the book together to the crowdfunds to decide which designers uh, um, do I want a publisher or not. Um, so that a lot of decision making. Yeah. So if you think, oh, let's make a book and well, of course you can do it within six months, but um, even with Flaming Grace took me for two, I think two years as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's hearing, yeah, what you're saying. Thank you. Because um, I also was curious how you were able to work or interact with your family. I don't know how much they knew about what you were doing while you were doing it. So I just wondered about that. Like, you know, if, if you were able to yeah. interact or that 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 of course was the the hardest part of it and um, um, I told them they they knew from the beginning I was working on this and especially my mother was really scared that this work would come out and but in the end I think they had the feeling um, okay she's gonna do it anyway I asked for permission because there are two family pictures in the book where one where my where you can see my father and one where you can see my mother. So I asked their permission to use those two images. And if they would have said no, then those images would have taken out the book, but the book needed to be done, yeah. And they knew in the end and they decided to um, support it in the end, yeah. How many um, books were printed? Altogether? I think uh, I because I did a, a Dutch version and uh, an English uh, uh, version of the book. I think four hundred and fifty uh, English ones and three hundred and fifty Dutch ones. So eight hundred in total. Do I say that correctly? Yeah, I think so. Eight hundred. And where could people get the book? With Shield Publishing. They can order so directly with Shield this. Publishing. Mm -hmm. But also, I think also on, uh, uh, um, what is it, in, in uh, it's not Amazon and, uh, yeah. So I think if you Google Vivian Curlart and Two Hounds, you mm -hmm. can find several places to order it, yeah. But you can, can order directly with the publisher as well yeah terrific i i wanted to ask a question and make a statement deb are there other um questions coming up on chat we had one last question from Kristen. Kristen, did you want to ask so Kristen had just sure i wasn't sure if that was no go ahead yeah you've got yeah it was me i just I didn't know. I wanted to just throw it out there for Vivian. But Vivian, what, what do you think Hans would think of the book? I think he loved it. Yeah. I need to think that. I need to think that because it's, I dedicated it to him. And um, 
I actually, I ask several people, do you think my brother would agree on this? And they all said, oh yeah, yeah, he would love it. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Kristen. Yes, like <laughs> that was an amazing question. And knowing what you shared about your brother's sense of style, um, the the beauty of the book and the even how you had the the bellhop or the empty coat that spoke mm -hmm. to the clothing store, um, it seemed you really captured his sophistication. Okay, so uh, today, and beauty. Um, I just wanted to say that at the okay. um, right. uh, on your website that is the one for to Hans, you give little excerpts at the bottom. You can mm -hmm. you can read little captions. Um, mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. And then I just want to ask: Is there any other question? I think we could take one more before we wrap. Well, I do have another one if there's time. I was, I was just curious, Vivian, um, I know you mentioned some of this, but I wondered, how did you ultimately come in contact with the designer and publisher so that you could start to see that your idea, that this idea could be a reality? Mm -hmm. And did you create new work once you looked at the book and sort of maybe decided its content? You know, new um. Well, the designer, I, I just talked to a lot of designers and decided uh, uh, based on my feelings uh, who I should work with. And uh, actually Martin Shields, I know for a long time, he was involved in my book, Flaming Grace as well. And I was quite overwhelmed by um, the whole bookmaking thing. And uh, it was like a jungle to me. and. Um, I'm a person who wants to understand how things work. So I decided to do it myself. So Flaming Grace was self-published. So I could experience uh, um, um, well, how the whole publishing world uh, works. And then I decided uh, for my book to Hans uh, when I got my funding together I thought okay then I'm gonna work with a publisher uh, also for the experience and um, but um, yeah mainly um, Martin Shield of course has has a, a big network and I've got a network and uh, together it's it's like when you work with a publisher it's really working together and that's what I really really like so it's a totally different experience and uh, I would advise to uh, work with a publisher yeah um, because Think that helped the um, the book will travel the world more easily. Um, self publishing is a lot of work and it uh, takes a lot of time. Um, and uh, I feel very welcome at Martin Shields agency and of oh, sorry gallery and uh, publishing company. Um, so. Well, it feels like working together on um, 
getting the book around the world and the whole project. And uh, he works with wonderful people and he was a big help in Flaming Grace as well. Even he didn't publish it, but he uh, gave me very good advice. And uh, so that's why I decided to work with Martin Shields on uh, uh, to Hans as well. Actually, I called him and I said, well, this is a totally different book. I'm not, I don't know if you're interested. And we got together and I said, oh yeah, I love this. I would love to publish it. And so he came into the process of bookmaking quite late. Um, but that was okay. It all, all worked out. Um, and then you had another question. I forgot what was the third oh, question. Did you, once you were looking at the content, did you see maybe that you needed mm, to oh, yeah. add something or did you do Other images. Other yeah. images. No, no, because uh, when I talked to the editor, Alan Sanders, I told her, well, it's, it's, it's done. So the process for me was done at that moment. And I didn't want to make more images um so the bookmaking process was totally uh different from was a separate thing from making the work mm -hmm. yeah and that was different at flaming gray so when i was doing the book process i made a few more images for that book but with two hands it felt like it was finished yeah thank you thank you very much mm -hmm. i have a question Okay, if, if, if um, Sibylla, yeah, Lee, I can tell it's, it's you, Leah. but um, which is fine, but we um, we need to wrap. So, if it's a quick one, that's all, just so that I respect everyone's time. But <laughs> go ahead. All right, so if you had a publisher, why did you need to do um, crowdfunding? Um, well, because you need to uh, uh, it's not that the publisher uh, pays for your book. So you pay for your book and you work together with a publisher. He so added, uh, he, he did. Kind of Sorry? Are you still there? Well, there's different kinds of publishers and traditionally, yes, can you hear me now? Yeah, traditionally, I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, The traditional publishers pay. For the, okay, the traditional publishers pay for the book, but you went to the kind of publisher that shepherds you through the process, but you still need to pay them. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe there are any publishers anymore. And when it comes to photo books, that will pay for your photo book. Hmm. Okay, that's really. <laughs> I don't know really if everybody show. agrees, but I don't know <laughs> any publishers who do that nowadays. That was back in the days. Nowadays, they uh, you need to pay for your own photo book. You don't you don't make money on it either. <laughs> Such a changing right. landscape. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That was really helpful. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to do was um, to wrap this, though it's hard to. Um, I know it's evening. Um, for you, Vivian, and I so mm -hmm. appreciate your, um, well, your friendship from afar. Um, it's just, 
watching your work evolve is 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 a joy um, from when I first learned of it six years ago. Um, I again thank Kristen for completing that circle. Um, I want to echo the the idea that um, several people that are on the call are are, are going to think differently. Um, uh, about some situations as a result of listening to your um, exploration. And that's not only about creative process and as a photographer um, uh, and bookmaking. So you continue to illuminate that the curtain that you have pulled back shines mm -hmm. and just keeps shining. Um, so I really appreciate you um, sharing your process with us and, and I want to thank you for making the book um, and being so courageous and um, finding a way to let uh, people into what is often a dark and scary place. You bring them in with beauty and grace um, and uh, it is a gift. It's just a gift that will keep, keep on going. Um, I appreciate you're welcome. And uh, I look forward to when we get to see each other in person again. And in reference to everyone who signed up, I appreciate you coming to the, the book group. Um, I obviously have a bit of an obsession with photo books and I love mm -hmm. to cover them. Um, and next time we have another book by the same publisher. And this was all serendipitous how this came together. But um, just next week, we're going to be doing this book also by um, Schlitt Publishing and um, I'm so bad with the camera about where to put the angle um, and we'll be taking apart this uh, book which ended up right after it was on our schedule getting shortlisted for the Paris, Paris Photo Aperture Awards um, and this was done at PhotoFest um, uh, and I'm really, really excited. We'll have one of the editors um, and original curators talking about it with us next week. Um, the, only, uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was um, because of what I do, I, I honestly say that my medium is people's creative process and practice. So if you don't know about concept aware or what it is that I'm talking about, about the framework that I developed, um, I also have a concept aware beginner's guide. It's uh, a nominal fee. It's once or twice a month uh, to just give you an idea. And then you can see how to jump in more um, wholeheartedly if you're interested. Um, so uh, Vivian, do you want to say something as well? Um, well, I want to thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you. I hope my uh, English was okay and people understood what I tried to explain. Um, just one more uh, note on uh, working with a publisher. Uh, I needed to pay for the uh, printing process. It's not that uh, the, the publisher doesn't add any money. He pays for uh, shipping all the books to the U.S. And, uh, um, well, maybe uh, at another time we can talk about what the, the, the differences are in self-publishing or working with a publisher or if people have questions about that. And... Um, I was quite, uh, uh, is that the right 
English word for it. Uh, I was I was hesitating to work with a publisher or not, and now I have this experience. I can say uh, uh, it has a lot of benefits. Um, and um, you all deserve each other. This this sounds like a promotion talk, uh, but it's it's not that I was set up to do this by Martin Shield. Um, but it's it's interesting to have both experiences in self-publishing and uh, uh, working with a publisher yeah and um, uh, Dana I don't know if Dana called in he she um, uh, works a lot with uh, magazines and those those are the the uh, the tasks you don't really have the time for yourself to uh, write them all and that's mm -hmm. really nice uh, when you work with a, a publisher, yeah. And um, uh, I hope uh, I'll try to update my website also when the uh, installation is ready and exhibited first time so people can actually see how it turned out. And um, well, thank you for coming out on this Zoom meeting with me. And uh, I really appreciate that, thank you. You're welcome. Your first Zoom, and I'm thinking that the installation yeah. is so um, uh, portable that I would love to get that stateside and yeah. uh, hopefully yeah. start planning for you um, uh, the that exhibit traveling because that it's would not be hard. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are the interviews in it. Dutch or? Is it cold? Uh, well, it's it's uh, uh, so you see yeah, the faces of the people who I talk to, and you see quotes from our conversation, and they're uh -huh. in Dutch now, but it can easily put into English as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, I want to thank everybody, and I um, wish everyone well. Uh, we're in quite the thank time uh, across the world, and. I'd say, especially in the United States. So every mm -hmm. US citizen, if they're not telling every other US citizen to vote, I'll repeat it, vote, yeah. vote, 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 vote early. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we'll get through all this together. Didn't you like peanut so, butter? Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Bye, take bye care. Sugar skull lollipop rings. I don't know what that means. Hi, Vivian. I still 